Turn with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 123. Only four verses in length, simple in content, provoking in its confidence and begging the Lord for His deliverance by mercy of His children from those that despise them. And so it's fitting to read Psalm 123 after Galatians 4, 21 through 31, in which we saw that as Ishmael despised and mocked Isaac at his weaning, so those that are connected to Ishmael, that is the Jews, despised the Lord Jesus Christ and mocked him, despised the Apostle Paul and mocked him. And today we are despised by those who are dispensationalists and love the Jews and still think that earthly Jerusalem and earthly Israel and physical carnal promises made to Abraham and others are the real issue and that the church age that we happen to be in is just a parenthesis. Unbelievable. But the Lord Jesus Christ sits on His throne and we are going to ask along with the psalmist as we read this psalm for the Lord to have mercy upon us that we are looking as... A servant looks to his master or a handmaiden looks to her mistress for the Lord to have mercy upon us and to deliver us from our enemies who contemptuously deride us and despise us. All we care about is God's approval, not theirs. But while they're despising us and in their pride looking down upon us for the simplicity of our worship and the smallness of our assembly, we'll ask the Lord to come to our aid. Let us all stand together for the reading of Psalm 123. Together in unison. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden Unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that He have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me briefly say these things about the 123rd Psalm. The first person and second person of the first verse should encourage us to intimate conversation and prayer with the Lord. Unto thee, in the second person, David addresses the Lord Jehovah, lift I up. He wasn't praying on behalf of the congregation in the first verse. He's praying on behalf of his own soul. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes. Where is your hope? Where is your help? Where is your confidence? Where do you look, think, or plan on deliverance? David looked up. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes. Very personal. Lord, I have no one else to turn to. 
There's no one else that can defend me. There's no one else that will deliver me. I am being scorned by enemies. I am filled with the contempt of those that despise me. Lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon me. I need thee to help me. And I I exhort you to pray that way and to speak to the Lord that way in the first person about yourself and in the second person singular about Him. Let us each go to the Lord one-on-one with Him and walk with God where we speak to Him as to our friend and where we speak to Him as to our God and our Lord. O thou that dwellest in the heavens. And here's an act of worship a short clause of description of the God that David was calling upon. He was not calling upon the fish god Dagon of the Philistines. He wasn't calling on the moon god of the Arabians. He was calling on thou that dwellest in the heavens. This was no idol of stone planted on earth that could not move unless men moved it. Here is the creator Jehovah in heaven. When the Bible says... The gods of the heathen have eyes, but they see not, ears, but they hear not, mouths, but they speak not, noses, but they smell not, hands have they, but they move not, feet have they, but they but be moved about. What is the conclusion to all of that in comparison to the God we worship? But our God is in the heavens. Praise His name. But our God is in the heavens. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. The great Jehovah, creator of heaven and earth, is able to help you individually. If you go to him individually and call upon his name individually and put your trust in him individually, personally, intimately. Behold, Lord, servants... Look to the hand of their masters. Handmaidens look to the hand of their mistresses. That they might obtain mercy. And so our eyes wait upon thee. We are looking. We are watching. We are waiting for you to reach toward us. For you to turn toward us. For you to speak the word and deliver us from our enemies. The main thrust here in the mercy is not the forgiveness of sins. The main thrust of the mercy is not greater prosperity. It's as verses 3 and 4 describe, deliverance from the scorning and contempt of the proud. You know what the mega churches of Anderson and Charlotte and Houston, Texas think of us today? They don't know about us. How about those that do know about us? There are many proud that contemptuously deride us and despise us. But the Lord is on our side, and it is Him that we, to Him that we pray, and we lift up our eyes, and we look, and we wait for Him as a servant was not allowed to have weapons for obvious reasons. Uh, a, A handmaiden couldn't have weapons. So they had to look to their master or their mistress waiting for her to defend them. If it was the master's hand that got upset because something had happened to his servant. Oh, that was a good thing. To be defended maybe from a peer there in the domestic staff. They didn't weren't able to defend themselves. 
We are unable to defend ourselves except by the doctrine of God's words, and we're unwilling to waste our time doing so except with the doctrine of God's words. But we trust in the Lord to show us a token for good and to defend our integrity before Him and that our worship is acceptable in His sight. Our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that He have mercy upon us. You personally may have those that scorn you. You personally may have those that in pride have contempt towards you. You personally may have enemies. This is a psalm for you to lay hold of and pray this way. Verse 3, have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. David at times, because he was running like a dog from King Saul, appeared to be the very opposite of the next ruler of Israel, though he had already been appointed to that end. And so he was contemptuously considered to be nothing but a runaway slave. Who thought that of him? Nabal. The the pride of the wicked despising David. I think the Lord did right well. Did the master in that particular occasion reach forth his hand to his servant? Did he give Nabal a heart of stone for ten days so he could think about what was going to happen? And then he took that man out of the way entirely and put him in the ground, buried dead and gone, so that David married his wife Abigail, who was a woman of a beautiful countenance of good understanding. All of it contained in 1 Samuel 25 for our learning. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Here's a lesson in Bible study. If you were to read just three, if I was to write verse 3 out on a 3 by 5 card and hand it to you, could you grasp exactly what it is saying? For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. We are filled with it. Well, who are we having contempt toward? Since we're filled with the contempt. It's not very plain, is it? In that third verse. That is why we keep reading and look at the context and let Scripture explain Scripture. Because verse 4 tells us that the contempt we're filled with is the contempt of others and it describes some of their character for us to appreciate it. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease. Those that do not have the strictness of our religion, and they mock us and make fun of us, some of which Asaph described in Psalm 73, that is what we are filled with. The scorning of those that are at ease. Those that don't have our troubles, they make fun of us. Do you know that when men that did not have their minds enlightened looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw him as under the judgment of God? When you read the first five verses of Isaiah 53, and it describes the man of sorrows and appointed to grief, they saw Jesus Christ and his lonely life and his lack of success as an evidence that God was against him. They scorned him. They didn't see him as the Son of God. And yet this is how we should pray because sometimes we're going to be viewed this way. And that Israel 
and the audience that David wrote this for was filled exceedingly with the scorning of those that are at ease. They were at ease because they didn't have the troubles. They were at ease because they didn't have the strictness nor straightness of David's religion. And with the contempt of the proud who despised the smallness of David's right to the throne in his kingdom in its early days. You know, the psalm ends here, but we know the answer to the psalm. David was delivered from all his enemies so that he wrote Psalm 18, describing his victory over all his enemies by God's grace. David ended up on his deathbed with a promise from God that his sons would sit perpetually, eternally, on the throne of David, the throne of God in the kingdom of heaven. And so the prayer was answered. But this is how we ought to pray. And if you have someone scorning you or scorning us or scorning our doctrine, scorning our practice, here's a psalm that we can pray that we're filled with that. They're at ease because they don't appreciate our difficulties, nor do they appreciate the doctrine that God's committed to us. And so we ask for deliverance, and he will deliver. Amen. He did reach forth his hand. He did speak the word and deliver David and many others at many different times. Who do you need to think of? Was Esther once scorned, and the people of Esther scorned, and Mordecai scorned? Did, did the master reach forth his hand and avenge them? Amen. Oh, and he did a marvelous job of it. Praise his great and glorious name. And we can see that in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was their pride extended against him in his trial? Did they scorn those that were at ease, those that had retired in the job, those that had a non-profit profession as the high priest and the priests of Israel? Did they scorn the Lord Jesus Christ? Did the God of heaven answer? Amen Amen Amen. and amen.